She approached me down the center aisle in Bangalore, India. Her hands were folded, typically. They are honorable, humble people. I just finished leading the district assembly. She approached me and said, Pastor Daniel, my name is Kavitha. May I tell you my story? I said, Kavitha, I would love to hear your story. She was short of stature, slight of build, typical Indian woman, young woman. And she was dressed in a beautiful flowing sari gown like the ones that Carol has learned to wear all across South Asia and those nations where we have ministered for the Church of the Nazarene in Pakistan, and Nepal, Bangladesh, India, Sri Lanka. She's wrapping the sari around one of the young ladies here tonight to show you what it looks like when it's on. Kavitha was dressed in a beautiful sari gown. She said, Pastor Daniel, my father is now too old to continue pastoring the Church of the Nazarene in Mysore, India. And so the district superintendent, Reverend Solomon Danakaran, asked if I would become the pastor. But I said, Reverend Danakaran, I am a woman and this is a male-dominated culture. You want me? And I have no theological education. In fact, God has not called me to be a pastor. And Mysore is the center of radical Hindu terrorists called Bajrandal. And I don't think I'm the right person to lead a church there. He said, will you pray? She prayed. God called her. One night she was leading a Bible study in her home in that church in Mysore, India. Now, when you picture their homes, don't think about yours. Think about the simplicity and the humble homes in which they live. We've stayed in many of their homes. In fact, we're there again just a couple of months ago with a district superintendent in India in his home. When you walk into their bathrooms, don't expect to find a bathtub, certainly not one with jets in it, like some of you hope to have someday. Uh, not even a shower, for that matter. Find a bucket. Pick up that plastic bucket and take it a kilometer or two, pump water from the village well, bring it back, and take a little plastic pitcher. Dip it in the bucket and take a bucket bath right there, just splashing on everything. Anybody ever had a bucket bath? Awesome. You've been on the mission field, I can tell. And uh, while you're in the bathroom, don't look for toilet paper because they don't use toilet paper. And you're saying, Daniel, you've only been here two minutes. You're at Nazarene Bible College. You're actually going to talk about this in front of God and everybody? Well, friends, welcome to mission. Welcome to our world. And you're asking yourself by now, so what do they use? <laughs> they use the bucket of water and their left hand for personal hygiene, and that's why they never touch the dinner table with their left hand only their right hand. And Carol is left-handed, so you can imagine the challenges. Uh, and always eating with their fingers, never with spoons and forks, because they don't use spoons and forks. And it's just with your fingers. Never pass your second knuckle. So their homes, very simple. She was meeting with a group of Hindus whom she had introduced to faith in Jesus Christ. She was actually discipling them in her humble little home that night, teaching them to pray, how to study their Bibles how to grow their roots down into Jesus Christ and draw up the fruit of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And she started to hear a little commotion 
out front on the little dirt lane in front of her house and she stepped out the door, closed it behind her and immediately saw a large mob of angry men who, when they saw her, lifted up their fists and started shouting at her in Hindi language, we demand that you stop converting these Hindus to Christianity. And we are telling you, get out of our town. Close the church here. You leave. I said, Kavitha, what did you do? Did you run away? Did you go back in the house? She said, Daniel, you won't believe what I did. I took a step toward them. And I said, you listen to me. She was speaking in their language. Here is this humble Nazarene pastor dressed in a flowing sari gown like this. Katie, thank you for your help. Uh, when they come to the house of prayer, they put the rest of the fabric up over their heads like this because it's prayer time, time to humble themselves in the presence of God. Just a little bit like Jesus would take that talit with the tzitziot on the end and make a little tabernacle wherever it was prayer time. Thank you, Katie. You want to say thanks to Katie? Well, here she is, this short Indian woman saying, you listen to me. We are not forcing any of these Hindus to turn from your hundreds, thousands of gods to put their faith in Jesus Christ alone. We are not forcing them. They are choosing with their own will to follow Jesus. And we are not going to close the church in this city. We are not going to leave. You are going to leave us alone. Oh, I said, Kavitha, what, what did they do then? She said, Daniel, there were not very many meters separating us, but they picked up rocks and sticks and they started walking toward me, shouting now, more angry than before. And I said, then did you run away, Kavitha? She said, no, Daniel, you won't believe what I did. I took another step toward them. And I said, if you're going to take anybody's life, take my life first. And she said, Daniel, it was like a page out of the book of Acts. It was like, Daniel, do you remember that story in the life of Jesus when the accusers drugged that woman in the dirt and threw her down saying, this woman has just been caught in the very act of adultery and our law says that we can stone her to death. And you remember, Daniel, Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dirt and then he stood up and said, whichever of you is without sin, you cast the first stone. She said it was the same that day. Those men looked at each other. They dropped their arms, their sticks, their stones, and one by one, they started to walk away. They left me alone. And then I realized that I was trembling. And I walked back in my little house. 
And I found these brand new Christians, recently converted out of Hinduism, flat on their faces, praying in ways that I had not yet had time to teach them how to pray. Aloud, I, I, I interrupted their prayer. They stood up and saw me. And they realized that God had answered their prayer. And Daniel, wherever you go around the world, would you please thank Nazarenes? Because not only were those brand new Christians out of Hinduism praying that night, but somebody else somewhere in the world was praying for me. I said, Kavitha, I will do that. We made three decisions about Kavitha and about that church since then. We enrolled Kavitha in South Asia Nazarene Bible College as if she needed any more confidence or courage in the world. And we sent a Jesus film team to Mysore to hang up those sheets in the middle of the night, fire up the generators, and show Jesus. Because, friends, that's the way we meet persecution. Listen, we don't, we don't plan to go down. We plan to go up, and quite honestly, it does not matter how. And so we sent a Jesus film team. And we decided, decided to send a man to pastor the Church of the Nazarene in Mysore. And you say, now wait just a minute, Daniel. You sent a man to replace Kavitha? Uh, no, because how can you replace that? We started second Church of the Nazarene in Mysore, and to this day, Kavitha continues to pastor with that kind of courage because of the Holy Spirit who fills her. Amen. Praise the Lord. Dr. Allen, thank you for inviting Carol and me to join you this week. Thank you for the privilege of, of being among you. Uh, this is a real highlight for us to share with you. Emerging leaders, frontline, who are the persons who will make the difference in the kingdom of God through our little stream. There is a great river in the Spirit rushing around the world, and the Church of the Nazarene is one of those little streams in the great river of God, and God has called you for such a time as this, and we are honored to live among you during these hours. We're looking forward to these opportunities, and and just invite us to hang with you and talk with you because we love to give our lives that way. I want to thank Nazarene Bible College for the privilege to be here with you during these days to talk about global holiness mission movements, Book of Acts kinds of movements, and how to be certain, as a matter of fact, that the Holy Spirit is filling our own hearts and lives. I was telling Dr. Like just over dinner tonight, and thank you so much for the gracious way you're hosting us. Uh, I was telling him that two weeks ago we started a series at African Nazarene University in Nairobi, Kenya, and, and, and we were there for their Holiness Week to preach five times in their chapels, but Africa Nazarene University is a kind of a secular university, less than 5% Nazarene students. There are Muslims and Hindus and lots of Catholics and many, many hundreds of unbelievers at Africa Nazarene University, but tonight we are among persons 
who are called by God, confident in the Holy Spirit, that you have a mission and you have a dream. And we just want to say thank you for the privilege of being among you to encourage you in that dream. Tonight, wherever the screen went, and Vic is back there work, working diligently to bring it back up, I, I want to share with you about holiness mission movements around the world. When we came back from Sri Lanka, from South Asia, elected to this global ministry, I said, what do you mean by a movement? And they said, well, we really haven't tried to define or describe it. Help us. And so I said, let's wrap our hearts around this. The Holy Spirit anoints and sustains momentum through Christ-like leaders who experience holy unrest. Now, I'll put that on the screen in a minute whenever we're ready, but that's where it begins, always in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit anoints and sustains momentum through Christ-like leaders, that's you, who experience holy unrest. But I need to ask you, how long has it been since you, sister, brother, since you truly experienced holy unrest. We had a postman in one of the pastorates in uh, St. Louis, my first senior pastorate. He came and brought the mail the first three days we were there. And each day he said, Daniel, how is your little church? Well, I was insulted. After three days I said, this is no little church. He said, but Daniel, I'm not asking about your little church. I'm not asking about your big church. I want to know, how is your little church? How is your marriage? How are your kids? How is your family at home as you lead this ministry? And suddenly I realized I was talking to a Christian man who was asking for a Christian response, and, and I realized that I needed holy unrest at home. He said, Daniel, your church will never experience revival like we just sang about until the little churches in your big church experience holy unrest. They're no longer satisfied doing church the way they've been doing church. They're hungry for the Word. They want to learn how to pray. They want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They are not content or satisfied with the way life has been. That is holy unrest. Daniel, how long has it been since you, in your little church, experienced holy unrest? Now what about you and your little church? Tonight I want to take you to the book of Acts. How are we doing, Vic? Coming, brother? This man is, is amazing. Somebody just pray for him because he's going to get it. Open your Bibles, would you please, to the book of Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, you know the story. Tonight we're talking about book of Acts global movements. You know that Jesus has already been crucified. God raised him from the dead, the very core of our message, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now he's standing with his disciples. And he has said to them in Luke 24, I want you to wait until you're filled. 
he repeats a similar message in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Look at this. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, read it with me, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you didn't have NIV, it's just slightly different than that, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then go to verse 8. Jesus says to his disciples, you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit and now we have the purpose and the power of the Holy Spirit. What was the purpose of the power? It was that we would be witnessing that we would be leading lost people without Christ and then discipling them into Christ-likeness, into maturity, into life in the Spirit. Well, that was what Jesus promised. And then you see in Acts chapter 2, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Now, I was going to take you by screen tonight, and I'm not sure whether that's actually going to happen or not. But if we get there, I want to show you some pictures of some places where we have been recently where God is pouring out the Holy Spirit in abundant measure. But if you'll just stop any audio or video recording just now...